this is a presentation designed to give some information on online presence, online visibility, what it means for people to, to developing a sort of online, I don't want to say the word brand, because we talk a lot about online branding, but you know, that that's a little bit marketing speak, probably excites our friends from the MBA. So I'm trying to avoid the concept of branding. This presentation is designed to get us to think a little bit about what happens when people Google our name and the consequences that this may have in the way that we are perceived in our professional development, in how it attaches or enhances our career prospect um, or the evolution within the place of work that we are at the moment. You may wonder, especially this year and last year, whether we actually exist or we are all some sort of online avatar and existing on the ether of the internet, I do wonder sometimes what is real and what is not. We spend so much of our lives stuck in front of a screen, looking at things through the computer or looking at things through the phone, that it, I think it is legitimate uh, to be a little bit concerned as to what constitutes reality outside the online experience and whether we can, with confidence, exist in a professional level, never mind the personal, uh, whether we actually exist in a professional level unless we have an internet presence. And for academics at least, because I'm a full-time academic, everything I do is around academia. So for academics, it's become important to maintain a presence online the way that you are understood and discovered and utilized happens through the online presence that you have in order for students to come to you, in order for you to get in contact with other colleagues to pursue your work, in order to carry out your research, in order to have access, in order to have connections, in order to get different or additional or new jobs. All of this happens through the engagement with the online sphere. So your online visibility for many professions, and specifically through my experience, through my, my work as an academic, online visibility becomes very important. Not only being online, but also what this means in terms of rankings, perceptions, speed with which people get to you when they're looking for something. So if you're asking yourselves, maybe this is not relevant to me, maybe I'm not, I'm not the sort of person who needs to be involved in this, you have to think whether there are reasons for you to be online and whether there are reasons for you to control your presence online. Because it is also possible that you have an online presence that is not controlled by you. It could be that your employer puts out information about you. It could be that your professional body publishes information about you. Or it could be that you are present online through other pe people's posts and interactions. Many of us can be found online, not because we necessarily post things ourselves in social media, but because other people talk about us on social media. So you can discover rather worrying things about yourself if you start Googling your name or if you start Googling your picture, and many things will appear online about what others have said of you or other information that has populated the web about you that you weren't even aware. 
So what I propose to do is take you through a walk of online presence and online experience. And what you should have at the back of your heads as we're doing this is this idea of online visibility. We do have these discussions about brands and branding and the sort of active and passive elements of a brand. You've got corporations that are actively trying to build a brand and to project things about their brand. And you've got other corporations that are a little bit more passive, that there are perceptions about them out there that are created through circumstances or the work of others that is not necessarily due to the actions on brand building and maintenance of the business itself. And I think there are similarities with our own personal experience that there's an online image or perception of you created, and it could be that you have influenced this, this is something that you tried to build yourself, or it could be that it's been built without you, sometimes without your knowledge of it existing altogether. Right. So this is what I propose to do, to go through this little journey together and just sort of think about these things in a more structured way. Let's start with the idea of why online visibility is important. I think we've touched upon this already to a degree. What's the first thing you do when somebody contacts you and you don't know them? It could be that somebody will just drop you an email because they want something in relation to your work or because they've got something to ask or they've got something to propose. You look them up. And how do you look them up? You will Google them. So what comes up when you Google people is the number one thing. Unless, of course, somebody comes recommended through a common source. And then you will have the opportunity to sort of ring your friend or ring your colleague and say, X contacted me. Who are they? What do you think about them? Are they okay? Or, you know, are they the sort of business, the sort of person we want to do business together? But for the majority of uh, situations, you don't really have that personal connection. The only thing you've got is your ability to look them up online. Once you Google somebody, weird things may happen. This is what happened to me. For some reason, a long time ago, because you'll see the time stamp in this is uh, August 2009, I got my kids a Peppa Pig DVD, as you would. So for some reason, I got them this DVD from Amazon, and then I don't know why I wrote a review of it. I mean, I must must have been bored, okay? I did this, posted that review, didn't think about it. Then for some reason, years down the line, I googled my name, and this is what happened. This was the number one result that came up on Google when I was googling myself, and it went on for years. Is this what I really wanted to project about myself? I'm not so sure, right? Because I'm a professional researcher and academic, so possibly I would have aspired that when people were googling my name, you would come up with some sort of award or something prestigious or something work-related, something that would mention my title and so on, Um, something nice in any event. But Imagine that I emailed somebody for some sort of work collaboration and they're thinking, oh, let's Google this uh, guy. And they Google me. And what I come up with is as an expert in Peppa Pig DVDs, not necessarily the image I'm going for. Could I rely on the online presence that has been built for me, but not by me? Usually this will be Something that your institution, your employer has put together in some sort of staff page on their website. So clearly, because this is tagged with your name, every time that somebody is Googling your name, your staff 
page through your employer will come up. This is fine so long as it's accurate, and you know we'll worry about this in a minute, but it might not necessarily say the things you want about you or it would not be per- particularly informative. So for years, and even now, if you Google me, you would used to get that. I mean, after the Peppa, like a couple of pages of Peppa Pig references, you would get this, which is basically nothing. It just gives my name. It gives like a kind of shadow avatar that clearly isn't me, an address that is no longer current, an email address that is no longer current, and some kind of basic information about my qualification. Now, this is what my employer at the time thought that was enough in populating my online profile. But after I left the place, they didn't take this down. Because this has been on for a long time, it tends to be one of the foregrounded results when you Google my name. Because the way the algorithm works is that it prioritizes things that have had the most amount of traffic and have been around for the longest amount of time. So what you would have is perhaps a staff page from an employer that you're no longer associated with that has either stayed as a legacy web page or is still up on the web because they could never be bothered to take down stuff that I've left. My choices seem to be between something random that I did myself online and then something specific but not particularly informative that somebody else has done on my behalf. Neither of those are optimal. If you're thinking okay, I need some ability to advertise who I really am and perhaps to stick my picture up on the web so when I'm going for a meeting with somebody, they know who I am when I walk through the door, then you need to move on for something that is more actively controlled by you. This could be perhaps something like your LinkedIn page. A LinkedIn profile is something that you can build for yourself and it is free. I mean, obviously... LinkedIn is a business, so they're not doing this out of the the goodness of their hearts, but it does provide you with an opportunity to put together a brief resume online that is accessible to everybody, and you can control the narrative, meaning that you can choose how you present and prioritize your various employments, what you say about your qualifications, And if you spend a little bit of time on the LinkedIn page, you can put things more specifically that are important about you. So this is a way that you sort of start to control the brand image and the perception of who you are that comes up when people are Googling you. I'm not a fantastic fan of LinkedIn. I find it as a tool a bit complicated. And as a social media platform, I find it hugely aggravating because yes, it has a feed with information that yes, contains things that are useful, but God almighty, you really need to have the mental strength to go through pages and pages of people screaming about their wonderful successes and thanking for this and thanking for that, and being grateful, and congratulating. Oh, I find this all so tiring. So LinkedIn is the thing that does one of these things that we're talking about, give you an opportunity to control your presence, but then everybody feels obligated to embellish their presence with all this rather transparently fake stuff, because nobody is that happy and that successful and that accomplished all the time. I mean, apart from the jokes, LinkedIn is better because it gives you some opportunity to control what you're doing and to control how you're perceived. So then you can kind of switch between 
these extremes. So if at one end of your online perception and presence we have something random about you that you didn't create yourself perhaps online, then something that you did create yourself but you're not particularly happy with for this thing to be foregrounded as the most important thing about you, and then something that you actively control like LinkedIn, then you begin to get a balance of what will happen if somebody Googles you trying to find out who you are. Now, let's think a little bit more about why being visible online in ways that you control might be useful for your work, your career prospects, and what is it that the university likes to call these things, like employability. The visibility of your work online will be important in establishing you in the field that you're working on, not in a substantive sense, because obviously you need to have done the work and people that you're working for will know what you're capable of, but in advertising what they do to the external world. So you need to think a little bit about how your online presence and the reach of your name when you Google it links up with the visible products of your own work. And this now begins to link up with metrics. And I know there's a big discussion about this, about the sort of data and statistics and metrics that are generated and utilized in an online environment. And many people are very concerned about this, about how all this information is managed, calculated, manipulated in order to achieve particular results, or how many of the data that is generated through our online activity is actually utilized by private corporations for their own gain and not ours. But perhaps this is a kind of broader theoretical discussion for another day. What is more practically important for us is making sure that when people Google you, your work is visible. And if you can elevate the visibility of your work by knowing how to elevate your metrics, it makes sure that you're going to be foregrounded when people are looking for particular areas. Somebody doesn't know you, so it's not specifically Googling you, but is looking for an expert or somebody who works on something specific. So how do you get to elevate yourself in these search results so you have a better chance of being noticed by people who might be looking for somebody to employ or somebody to give a contract or um, even somebody to just talk to about something that they're interested in? So there are briefly two types of metrics that will be relevant to you. One one set is person-centered and the other set is output-centered. So if we first look at person-centered metrics, depending on the sort of field that you're working in, it could be that you have statistics that are specific to yourself. Now, this doesn't happen in all professions and it doesn't happen, happen in all areas of activity, but it certainly happens for academics because academics are sort of ranked and put into put onto league tables and put into lists all over the place. And a carefully curated online presence can elevate your personal metrics in a way that it brings you higher when somebody's looking for something. For instance, I mean, I can only speak from my own experience here. Not this is not necessarily relevant across all professions, but for academics that are research active and they have a research output, you can see on things like Google Scholar, which is the 
smaller circle within what you're looking at the screen here, you actually have statistics of the usage of the things that we produce. And these statistics then are, inter are linked to the person and give a ranking for each individual as to how important they are in their research production. This can be a little bit scary because this seems to distill our experience and our contribution and our work to a set of uh, data and a set of statistics which doesn't perhaps reflect the value of what we do or, or is too determinative, but it gives a quick impression to somebody as to whether you're important in your field or not. This isn't really something that you're totally passive towards. Now, if you don't do a lot of things or if these things are not noticed and used by others, your statistics are not going to be great. But what you need to think about is that if you're in a field where these statistics are used and generated, maybe... If what you have done and where you've been utilized is not fed into the web properly, the machines that crunch these analytics will not know. So one of the things that you could do is create a profile in things that are relevant to your profession or your work. If you have a professional body or a professional association or some, some sort of organization that offers recognition and it gives you an opportunity to build a profile on their website, if you have the opportunity to do this and you populate this with information as to what you've done, how you've done it, and how people have used it, this data then is going to feed into all these person-centered metrics and it will help to generate statistics for yourself that show that you exist and that your work is being treated with respect and it generally your name comes up when people are trying to use stuff. As I said, this might not be relevant to everybody, depending on the profession that you're at. But if this opportunity exists, then it's certainly worth thinking about the sort of metrics that are attaching to you as an individual. And then think about what you could do to elevate your visibility on those. Statistics and metrics that are centered on particular outputs. Now, this applies to a wider, wider range of professions and activities because a lot of people will do things within their work that have got observable consequences. Say that you have set up something and you have attracted X number of clients or you're selling a product and you can demonstrate that you have sold X number of pieces or items. You could think about something that you've written, for instance, and published. Um, it doesn't need to be academic. It could be even a blog post. And you can see the sort of usage that it's had, how many people visited, how many people read it. Anything ranging from the amount of clients you've got, the monetary value of deals that you've done or you've been involved in, um, how many people read and utilized what you produced, all of these things will produce statistics and metrics that are usable in order to demonstrate the importance of particular pieces of work that you've done. And this links back with to your person-centered metrics, of course, but it is also significant on a particular output basis. So a particular product, particular type of work, particular contract or consultancy that you had. Now, the interesting thing about output-centered metrics is that they're much more capable of manipulation than the person ones. I say manipulation, but I don't mean this in a negative sense that you're creating an impression that does not really exist. 
uh, but I'm talking about elevating the visibility of something and making it more obvious to the algorithms and the search engines that are crunching out this data. For instance, if you're thinking how to elevate the importance of a particular piece of work, if it's something that you have published, you wrote a blog post, for instance, it could be that you let it sit out there and let people discover it, or it could be that you do something in order for people to find it more easily. So if you put the correct keywords, it will come up more easily in search engines. That will result in more people viewing the document and it will elevate its importance in statistics. It could be that you mention this article yourself through your social media channels, or it could be that you give it and encourage your friends to share it through their social media channel. The more media buzz is created and the more this circulates among social media, the greater its presence, the greater its impact, and the greater use that this particular output will have in the future. So then you will be able, in a way, to manipulate, not that you're creating an impression that it isn't there, but you do a little bit of marketing and advertising behind your piece that both brings it to the attention of a higher number of users and because you're engaged in this promotion, it makes it a lot more visible as an individual piece for the search engines themselves. If you're trying to kind of position yourself between person-related metrics and output-related metrics, then having some appreciation of how these come together and how they inform all the statistics shows opportunities that you've got to make things better. Why should you be engaged in this process? Because then you can come in the end and tell your employer, look, I've done something important, or what I'm doing is noticed by other people, or I can use the visibility that I've gained through these things in order to promote other aspects of my work. If you're not in employment at the moment and you're seeking employment, then you can show activity that brings your name up in search results in order to demonstrate to potential em employers the possibility that you've got to actually do good work and contribute when you join them. Which brings us to the little bit of danger that whatever you've uh, built up through some attention to your media image, some attention to the online visibility of your products and outputs, how you can actually not necessarily enhance, but how you could unfortunately undermine by other things that you do in social media. If you set out to improve your online presence and highlight aspects of what you do, elevate the visibility of your person on search engines, improve the metrics and statistics and analytics and utilize all these things in, in a thoughtful manner, meaning that you realize that there's a potential there and you're trying to do something about this, you have to be very careful about your use of social media. If you're not present on social media at all, then you're missing out on quite a lot of opportunity to promote who you are and what you do. If you are present on social media, however, and you're using that as a way to connect or a way to socially interact, but in a looser manner, so you're the sort of person who Trump-style picks up the phone and kind of tweets angry responses to things that you find aggravating, and that's the main way through which you use your social media, or, you know, you put various conspiracy theories on Facebook. Now, whether you're right or wrong doesn't really matter. What it does is that it creates an impression about you that might contradict or undermine what you're doing with the rest of your professional profile. Now, I have been active in various social media, primarily Twitter. It worked well for me, and then it didn't. 
I was using my Twitter presence to talk to people that normally would not pick up the phone or email back. So I established contact with a great deal of journalists, politicians, um, especially during the crisis in Greece, the debt crisis and the difficult years from 2012 onwards, and especially around 2015, uh, I was very present in social media, talking about and arguing about politics and economics and sort of contributing to a wider discussion about whether where the country should be going in the challenges it was facing at the time. What happened, though, is that this interaction, after a while, because it became quite hot and quite political and quite partisan, it began to undermine my status um, as a researcher and as a professional. Other people will interpret what you're doing in their own way. And once people get pissed with you, you have really no control of what they're going to do about it. And what happened in my case is that I found myself being discussed in newspapers, for instance. I was talked about in the real media, never mind kind of social media, but they started talking about me in the press that I was personally undermining the national effort at the time the Greeks were negotiating with the Europeans, the terms of the bailout package and all of that stuff. And because I got into an argument with this uh, handsome guy over there who was the Minister of Finance at the time, I got into an argument with him. So then the newspapers were complaining about me. This headline here says that Greek academic is uh, kind of fighting with the finance minister, uh, taking the side of the Germans. So I wasn't taking the side of the Germans. I just thought that this, what this guy was doing wasn't you know, particularly likely to result to the survival of anybody down there. But this was the point that you know, the narrative went away from me. Now, that was the time to sort of think about why I'm using social media and what I'm trying to achieve with it. And in a similar way, you need to, to have this discussion with yourselves. If you are, in fact, very active and you're using your social media accounts to vent, to pick the occasional argument, to express opinions that might be too controversial to express in, in a discussion with somebody when you're face-to-face, -face, but you feel you have a degree of protection and distance because you're doing this online, so you put these things on Facebook rather than telling people in their faces, you need to be concerned after a point that it might undermine your professional presence. So as we said, there are various levels to this. You don't want to be the person who is known online for having reviewed the Peppa Pig DVD and that's it, but you also do not want to be known as a kind of online agitator or conspiracy theorist or particularly politically controversial. And th the problem is any party political view will aggravate people on the other side. So there isn't really any safe political space to be in if you're involved in these things. So I'm not saying do not be political, but be aware that the consequences that this may have in defining your online presence. So if you want to use your online visibility to promote yourself in a professional, in your professional capacity, then think about what your online social media interaction says about you and whether that might be controversial or scary for potential employers.